This is Christine Von Hagen, and you're listening to the Yuck Yucks Podcast. Why not book a Yuck Yucks on tour show for your school, fundraiser, or next corporate event? Go to yuckyucks.com and click on Hire a Comic. Let our experienced agents help you put together a show that is right for you. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What is going on, my little yuckamaniacs? How are you? Welcome to the show. This is Jake Hirsch, your host, and uh, of course, welcome to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast, in case you guys have stumbled upon the wrong one. That's right. The Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast, brought to you live right here from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, bringing you the finest interviews all across the land. Uh, hey, welcome to the show. I, as you can tell, I've got a bit of a... A bit of a sexy Stevie Nicks voice going on here, a uh, little, little raspy. Uh, I've been sick. I've been kicked in the groin and left on the road uh, side of the road for dead for the last four to five days. It's been a week almost. And I have been in such horrendous shape. And I know what everyone's thinking right off the bat. Oh, it's the man flu. It's the man flu. It's 10 times worse for you than it is for everybody else in the world, right? Well, you know what? Yeah, it probably is. It probably, you know what? No, I actually thought it was the man flu for the first day. And uh, right around the second and third when I started to hallucinate and, uh, and, and vomit profusely into the toilet, uh, I realized it was much more than just me complaining about being a little bit under the weather. I have an infection in my chest. I have got a gleam in the eye. <laughs> no. Hey, it's, it's good to be here. I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, I know you guys are worried sick. I got tons of mail. That was sarcastic, by the way. Uh, I, I, I'm feeling a little bit better today. I've, got, uh, I've been on heavy-duty antibiotics, uh, three, three of those uh, bad boys a day, three uh, doses a day. And uh, this is the first day I've felt a bit of reprieve. This is a, the first day I've actually felt like I was able to go out and, uh, and accomplish uh, grown-up things, like uh, you know, try to pay bills and, and uh, recognize and, uh, that you have children. That, yeah, yeah, you know, that type of stuff. Uh, realize that you're a parent. You know, those kind of instincts have to kick in at some point, right? You know, you can't just... <laughs> It's just walk around and, and uh, you know, pretend like you uh, live by yourself. You know, there are people that count on me, I think, right? <laughs> oh, you can hear by my laugh. It's, uh, it's horrible. I sound like I'm 500 pounds and I've got asthma. <sighs> Which is uh, another pet peeve, by the way. I went to my doctor, God bless his heart, uh, Dr., uh, Dr. C, I'll call him. Uh, right over at the, uh, the fine establishment, uh, which we call the Walmart walk-in clinic, uh, Dr. C saw me. And what I always love about Dr. C is that he doesn't really ever do the full inspection. You know, I don't think I've ever gotten like a throat culture swab or x-rays or, you know, that type of stuff. He, uh, he just kind of looks you up and down, you know, he's been doing this for probably about 40 years. He kind of looks you up and down. Is like, okay, mm-hmm, yep, I see what you've done here. This is what you need. And then the rest of the time, we just sit back and bullshit. 
This time we talked about the election. We talked about crime. We talked about marijuana. We talked about uh, all the wonderful things in life that uh, that I, you know, uh, want to ponder and, and just want to go over in my head and, and find out if someone of class and stature and of smarts and brains and of respect of the community feels the same way I do. And, uh, yeah, you know, Dr. C and I hit it off pretty good. We're pretty good pals. Um, one of the things, though, is that obviously we all know with the healthcare system in this country that, uh, hey, sometimes, especially during the flu season, there's not enough doctors to go around. So sometimes they'll go into a, a walk-in clinic, and you know what? Some days there's nobody sitting in there, and there's some days where there's about 40 people, and there's kids running around, and everyone's coughing and sneezing on each other and just looking around at each other miserably. And uh, you sit there and you realize, uh, damn, you know what? This might be free, but at this point, I would pay the fucking 40 bucks copay to just see somebody immediately. Get me some medication. Get me some attention. Get me the hell out of here. Well, so that's always plays in the back of my mind as I'm sitting and I'm rapping there with Dr. C in the office. And uh, I'm always thinking, you know, there's probably like a room full of people. Out in the out in the waiting room that are just waiting that are just waiting to get seen and we're in here, you know, uh, bullshitting, uh, you know, talking shop and laughing it up. Me and the good old Doctor C. So uh, and then I think to myself, well, no, that, yeah, that you know, nah, it wasn't that packed out there. It wasn't that busy. And uh, I get up to leave the doctor's office, uh, you know, with my prescription, and you know, we're high fiving each other, and I'm feeling good. Uh, and I walk by the next room, waiting room, the doors open, you know, usually when you get seated into a doctor's office, the door closes, right? They put your chart on the door, they close it. And there's a little bit of privacy. You know, that's the time when you start fucking around with all the stuff on the wall, right? The stethoscope, you start, you know, giving yourself the uh, blood pressure test. You, you know, you start looking through that little stuff, you, you, you know, the, the scopes where you look in people's ears and stuff. Maybe you throw a few I don't know why people just throw plastic gloves in their pockets all the time. Like, uh, like they're that expensive, you know, latex gloves and shit. I don't even want to know what people are doing with that stuff that you have to steal it from a doctor's office. But yeah, all the stuff that you throw in your pocket, right? Uh, tongue decompressors, uh, extra large toothpicks, uh, actually, which are the probably the throat swab things that I was talking about earlier. See, I don't even know what they are, what they look like because uh, they, they never get done on me. Uh, but anyway... Uh, you know, so I walk by the next room and the door is wide open and there is this poor 80 year old lady in there, uh, with gray hair and she's got her, uh, she's sitting on one of the chairs and she's got her arm up on the, on the little table and her arm extended, you know, kind of supporting her, her head, her chin, because she fell asleep waiting for me and the doctor to finish our bullshit session next door. And the, and the funny part is that I've been in the opposite room. I've been in the, the other room where I've listened to my doctor have conversations with other people. Yes, the walls at the Walmart clinic are not ironclad, folks. Uh, I sat there and I, can, I heard him talking about scuba diving. I heard him talking about, what was the last time I think I was waiting for him and I heard him talk about something. Uh, something about a movie director, uh, it, crazy, crazy shit. But uh, I felt really <laughs> walked out of the damn doctor's office and this 80 year old lady uh, who probably uh, passed away in the room next to me waiting for, uh, for Dr. C to come in there and revive her and save her life. But no, we were next door talking about Smokey and the Bandit 
and uh, mustaches. I think we're talking about mustachios this week. But anyway, uh, hey, thank you, Dr. C, for, for putting the, uh, the, the wonderful antibiotics that you did into my system and uh, setting me on the fast road to recovery. But uh, it's, you know, I, I'm so <clears throat> amazed at uh, the, that this show just keeps getting better and better, folks. I, uh, I lay in bed and when I'm sick and hallucinating, as, uh, as I do frequently. Uh, I, I scroll, scroll through the old iPhone. And I'm looking at, I, I'm obsessed with the charts. I'm obsessed with iTunes. I'm obsessed with where this show goes on a weekly basis. And we are still, hang on a second, drum roll. Can I get a drum roll? Hang on a second here. We are still numero, actually I don't know the number, but we are, just keep the drum roll going. We are still on the What's Hot Boom iTunes charts. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Yay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, we are still on the iTunes What's Hot charts, which we've been on for, I think, uh, after the first month that we launched this show. So congratulations. Um, I have starting to get people contacting me wanting to be on the show which is always a good sign that uh, we're not having to bust our asses trying to book guests all the time. People want to come on and talk with good old Jakey Hirsch. And you're probably thinking to yourself, for Christ's sake, could you just get to the damn interview, Hirsch? Well, I'm trying to. Um, Yes, we are still in the what's hot. I'm very excited about that. And I I just want to stop and say thank you. I promise I'm going to stop jibber-jabbering like a chimp. Hey, uh, before I let uh, us go and talk to our guest today, uh, I am, uh, you you know what? I'm going to announce this thing. You know what? I can't wait. Yes, yours truly, Jake Hirsch, everybody. Yes, thank you very much. I will be hosting the Alberta's Best 2016 Yuck, yucks, yuck and comers comedy competition here in Calgary, Alberta, folks. Yes, I have been asked. I have been I have been requested to come and host the comedy competition, the new one that myself and Scott Robertson and uh, and Ange over at uh, the Calgary uh, Yuck Yucks are are throwing. And I couldn't be more honored. I couldn't be more proud to uh, to go on there and uh, and 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 absolutely uh, kill it hosting the show, being the new Mexican Ryan Seacrest. That's right, everybody. This is going to be one hell of a contest. It's going to run probably depending on how many entrants, obviously, admissions. But we're we're kind of expecting it to run at least eight to nine weeks uh, by the time we get to the finals. And uh, we've got just – just stay tuned. Look at my Facebook. Look at my Twitter. I'll be pimping this thing out. By the time this thing airs, uh, we will have announced it that uh, I will be hosting the new comedy competition this year for Yuck Yucks. And I just could not be more honored. So thank you very much. Be sure to come and give it a shot. Give stand-up a shot. It was the best thing that ever happened to me, being laughed off that stage and beaten to a pulp in the back of the alley. Uh, no, I, I, I'm joking. Uh, no, doing stand-up was the best thing I've probably ever done in my life. It was uh, a lifelong fear. It was a lifelong mission to get up on stage and actually do a set in front of a group of people and really find out whether you're funny or not. You know, because you grow, everybody grows up and, you know, your buddies are, oh, dude, man. <laughs> 
look at this guy. Look at this guy. He's hilarious, man. This fucking dude is great. He's hilarious. Jake, man, you got to. Dude, you're so funny. You got to go up on stage someday, man. You got to do it. You got to. You got to do it. You're a talent. You're a real talent. And I'm sitting there the whole time. No, come on. I'm, no, stop it. Stop it. But yeah, those are the times in your life. You got to step up and be like, all right, let's do it. Let's give this a shot. Let's see if I'm funny. You know, that's the greatest. That's right. There is the, the greatest measurement of your comedy, your humor, your confidence is if you can get up in front of a group of people that you have no idea who they are. And uh, tell jokes and see if your views, your insight, your observations in the world are funny. Because I think everybody's funny. I think everybody's got, obviously, everybody's got humor to them. There's some people that have to try a little bit harder than other people. But we all have got that, that, that something inside of us. We all observe the world in a different, funny way. And... It's just how we present our observations to the rest of the world because everyone else is – I mean the reason why comedy clicks is because you bring up a story or you bring up an analogy or you bring up a situation or you share uh, a, a story with somebody and they can relate to it. That's what comedy is. Comedy is relating to each other on a funny level. So everyone can – make observations about their life, about their relationships, about their marriages, about their kids, about their exercise, about their bodies, about, you know, jobs, politics, whatever it is that you want to write about or be funny about. Everybody has those observations. So it's how you present your observation to the world. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it because, uh, it's a real addiction. When you, when you click, when you click with the crowd and you get that rush and you come off the stage and you're, you're high-fiving people, you're, you're, you know, kissing babies and, 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 you know, you feel like running around the block and, and, and just being the man. And that right there is you will never know what that feels like until you go up and give it a shot. So I encourage you guys, come on down, give the amateur comedy competition a shot. And uh, I'll tell you what really helped me a lot was uh, uh, here's a, here, here, uh, hang on a second. There's an industry secret here, inside secret. Uh, what you want to do is you want to get about uh, 10, 20 tickets to your friends. I don't care if they're hobos. I don't care if they're people you meet off the street. Just bribe people to come to the show and laugh maniacally at whatever you say. All right. So, yeah. So that's kind of an inside tip is, uh, you know, get your brothers, get your sisters, get your family out there. Uh, as many supporters as you can to come laugh at your at your first set and uh, give you all the type of false sense of uh, of uh, accomplishment and uh, confidence that you need to make it to the next one. <laughs> That's my advice, and I'm dying over here. Hey, <coughs> sorry, folks. This week's guest is the very funny, and I, I was I you know what this was a, this was a dynamite interview. This is the part three of my marathon podcast session. Of course, you guys heard from Ian Sorota. You heard from last week from Pat. McDonald, and this week is rounding it off with Mr. Kelly Dyer. Now, Kelly Dyer is right off the bat. When I saw that guy, I was like, I just went instant West Coast. This dude is killer. I started talking like this. This dude is rad. He's a bro. He looks like a legendary skateboarder that goes by the name of Lance Mountain. I looked at him and I just thought, this guy oozes cool. 
right? He just looks like a cool guy. He, I don't know what it is. Kelly just is a, I don't know. I don't know what, I, I just saw the guy and I was like, fuck, this guy's a cool cat, man. I can just, I can tell we're going to click. We're going to hit it off. And it's hard to get that vibe from people. I mean, obviously when you go and you meet someone in the first two, three minutes, you're trying to evaluate, okay, well, I'm going to sit down with a complete stranger now and interview them. Let's see how this goes. But Kelly, for some reason, he came in the room and just the energy changed. And uh, uh, it it was just such a great interview. Um, We talk, uh, obviously, all about how he got into comedy, where he got his start. He talks about how he turned his life around. It was a very inspirational, very touching story. And uh, we really bonded over the whole skateboard thing because uh, I told him that he looked like Lance Mountain, and he knew who he was, and that's a big thing to me. I grew up skateboarding. I grew up on the West Coast. And, uh, yeah, we just started uh, talking shop, man, talking about skateboards and skateboarding and, and all the old you know pros and, and who's doing what and all that. I mean, and, and he's just such a great guy. Awesome dude, super funny. And one thing I love, man, is that he's just he has found a way to simplify his his life and and make it so that he's just running on happy all the time. And I dig that, man. I really respect that shit. That's awesome. I really I really respect that about Kelly is that he just was like, "You know what? I don't need the uh, you know, Range Rover in the mansion. Uh I don't need to be balling." with tons of money. I'm happy. I mean, if it happens again, great, but I don't, it's not something that I, I, you know, I, I feel this draw to, to have to produce like this. I'm happy. I get to go. I get to tell some jokes. You know, I get booked for some gigs once in a while. I, uh, I spent some time with my kid. I spent some time with my rad girlfriend and Hey, the rest is history, man. He lives a very cool life. And I envy that. I'm very envious of that. Not that I don't live a cool life. I mean, I'm fucking Jake Hirsch, man. What's going on? Anyway, I've spoken too long. We're 17 minutes into the podcast. Way too long. But uh, this one ran 30 minutes because uh, we were on a time crunch. So uh, without further ado, guys uh, and ladies, uh, pardon my French, let's go talk to Mr. Kelly Dyer. So it's free to me. We've uh, we've already we have, we've exhausted all the good stuff. What? Well, yeah, directly for zero dollars and zero cents. If you just walk glide right on by, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. You wouldn't mind staying an extra jail day for free in jail. Yeah, free of calm. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? Three Muggins. squares. Muggins. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the Mr. day, we called Muggins. that uh, three. Is it Mr. Muggins or just Muggins? It's Muggins. All right. Muggins. Muggins. And there are numerous Let me turn my ring around. Like Muggalo because he looks like a juggalo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, Our old cat was Dora and we had a million names for her. Dora the Explorer. Right, right. it's just evolved into like sounds. Oh, yeah. Bing. 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 Sure. Let's roll the dice. Let's play some cards. What's this? Kelly Dyer. What's going on, man? Hello, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? You gotta tell me your name again because I've forgotten already. That wouldn't take long. It's uh, Jake. (laughs) Jake. Jake the Snake or just Jake? 
Defeated. Copyright infringement, I think. (laughs) Someone's got that one already. Yeah, unless I... Well, I've got the body of Jake the Snake, but I don't have the receding hairline or the boa constrictor that accompanies it in the gunny sack. And the chest of Elizabeth. (laughs) She was hot. Yeah, she was hot. Wasn't she hot? Oh, dude, are you kidding me? I became friends with with a girl here in Calgary uh, back in the day, uh, and... Like you that? Does that mean last week? Or? No, <laughs> no. One of my first ventures into uh, into Calgary, uh-huh. and uh, I'll go ahead and say her name. I don't care. Okay. Uh, Kristen Neidhart. Oh, and of course the Neidhart name, as you know, is yeah. Jim the Anvil. Yes. Neidhart was yes. her, was her dad. Oh yeah. So she's oh, yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. It was her oh, her pop wrestling lineage. Yeah, and so and and like her whole background is like the Hart family. So oh, wow. Brett and well, they're all like inter. Yeah, I mean deal. they're Calgary royalty. Yeah, pretty much. So I said to her, I said, uh, we need to. Uh, I, I I need to meet your dad. And this is this is going to be huge. Oh right? yeah, that's, not that's why you were dating her. Maybe? No, really? no, I I wish I was because she was super hot. Um, but uh, but I had this vision in my head of of uh, Jim the Anvil Neidhart as being the 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 beefcake that he was back in the day of the right. the Heart Foundation. With He's the, kind of soft and more like. A... I walked into the house and I just saw this like fat guy with no shirt on on the couch and he was just like. Hey, you got any weed? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> no, sir, but you just crushed my fucking dreams of WWE and stardom. Yeah, those but, guys uh, tend to slide a little down. Let themselves go a little bit. After, <laughs> after, uh, after their life on the road, they seem to let go quite a bit. Yeah, they don't keep quite, quite keep up with the gym regime, I don't think. <laughs> More like beer drinking, maybe some drug abuse. It's exactly. More kind of their hobbies once they leave the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of a fan are you of stuff, man? What do you, uh, what do I you like? Into? Well, obviously, I like comedy. I'm uh, actually a huge skateboard nerd. I'm forty. You look like kind of a skater guy, man. Yeah, I get that a lot. Uh, yeah, like almost got... like a uh, early Lance Mountain. Oh, remember the... Lance Mountain? <laughs> remember Lance Mountain? I follow him on Instagram. Do you I really? Chat with him at any. He's still instance. alive. He's still doing stuff. Oh, he's still a pro skater. Man. No he's, way. Yeah. He's still involved. All those guys, Caballero. Yeah, I grew up. Well, I grew up in California, so oh, no. and I I you know the brigade. lived in the East Bay, right? No, so, uh, and my brother used to skate with like Tommy Guerrero. And, oh, sick! Uh, down in Embarcadero and all yeah. those big places. In oh, yeah, I was a big skater man. kid. I was too fat and chubby too. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, I was just busting decks left and right, but. Uh, I remember back in the day, man, going and watching all those guys down in Embarcadero just tear it up every weekend. Oh, man, that was like my life as a kid. And oddly enough, I had some trouble in my life. And after I came out of that dark place, I rediscovered my love of skateboarding. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. Started skating again every day. I have one in my car. Really? Down in the city doing shows, I'll park far away on purpose to skate to them. No way. Yeah, it's like my mode of transport. Have you ever hit hit the uh, skate park here? Uh, I haven't because every time I come, it's winter. It's snowing and yeah, all that definitely shit. Definitely the next yeah. time. I think I'm going to come back in summer. Uh, Angie offered, like, we can do the club. They just won't fly us up. But right, right, right. In the summertime. My son and my girlfriend. We have some family in Calgary. So. No way. Yeah, I've never been to Banff. That's, uh, oh, yeah. One of the Banff cool things great. about comedy, we were talking to Pat about it earlier. It was on earlier about uh, how it's basically you get to see the country. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've yeah. I've traveled the world, but I've never seen Canada until I became a touring comic. So. No shit. Yeah. Did like the East Coast last year. I'd never been to Halifax or Newfoundland. What was that like for you? Oh, it was pretty cool, man. I mean, uh, all the stories were true. Yeah, uh, one I, likes to party, have a good time. Yeah, nice. but more so just the friendly nature of the people yeah. there. Very laid back, yeah, very yeah. welcoming. 
Uh, I'd heard lots of good things about Halifax, but I fell in love with Newfoundland more so, I thought. No shit. Yeah, very similar geography to where I live in, uh, in just outside of Vancouver Squamish is where I live. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. mountains meets the sea. Yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. you drive outside of St. John's and it's just like unpopulated woods. That's crazy, man. Because you know what? I used to be married to a girl from uh, Mount Pearl, which oh, is yeah. right outside of St. John's. Or yeah, it's right. connected, I guess, in some Yeah, that's the way. other kind of smaller Bedroom city. community. There's not um, many. It's very yeah. like, unpopulated island. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. And I've never been out there uh but uh my girlfriend now is uh well she's from like well halifax i guess nova scotia i should say but um i went out there this summer to nova scotia and uh you know like you said man everybody talks about how great it is out there and i never i don't think i ever really got the appreciation for it until i went oh yeah until i saw it firsthand and actually met people and everybody was fucking so nice man I was in Newfoundland for not more than a half an hour, and I shit you not, had an 80-year-old woman walk me to the bus stop because she was concerned I wouldn't know which one to take. And waited for the bus to show up just to, to make, make sure, sure I got on. Yeah, you got on the right bus. Yeah, I'm like, who's the senior citizen here? I suddenly feel vulnerable. That is awesome, man. Oh, dude, yeah, no, yeah. You know what? The East Coast is dynamite. What, how do you find? Because I mean, are, are you like, a, were you born out there? I was West originally Coast? from Toronto. I grew up there for nineteen years. Moved oh, no to shit. Whistler, BC, at the ripe old age of nineteen. Wow, that must uh, have been a treat. It was, man. I came out the summer before. I toured down the coast of California to watch the Grateful Dead. I did the Holy West Coast shit. Trail, and I was bitten by the West Coast bug. That was no it. way. Yeah, I went back for six months, finished high school, and moved out. Some people don't understand that. Uh, I get it because. Obviously, I grew up, you know, doing the whole surfing thing and Santa Cruz and all that, oh, all yeah. that area down on the, on the West Coast. But there is a different energy when you're by the water, man. Oh, huge, and huge. that, and the that solar powered, and it's the sunshine and the yeah. Yeah, it's, it's more about so it, about like uh, being outdoors than how big your house is and what kind yeah. of car you drive, man. Just kind of enjoying sure. what uh, the planet has to offer. As Absolutely, to accumulating stuff. Yeah, yeah. You don't ever see yourself moving from the west. I don't think so. Oddly enough, though, uh, especially after this tour, it reminded me how much I get along more easily with the East Coast people. I'm a pretty blunt, honest person on and off stage. I'm a bit of a complainer up there. I like to kind of point fingers in a funny way at all the flaws that exist in this wacky world. So (laughs) I've always gotten along with the straight shooters that come from the East. They're always... You know, forthright with what they want to say. They've got a right. little angst. They, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're aware of praising one another is to tear one another down, which I respect. <laughs> that's the environment I grew up in. Like, if you call someone a piece of shit, that's I love you. Yeah. Uh, your human garbage means you're a good person. It's, yeah. It's like bizarre world. Right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas the West Coast is the opposite. Oh, you're doing great. Yeah. Oh, what a nice day. Yeah, like, my mom would say, like, he's not an asshole. He's very colorful. Yeah. He's just, he's got a colorful personality. No, I'm a, I'm a card-carrying member of the asshole club. and <laughs> proud of it. Yeah, I have a shirt, a tattoo, a serial number. I'm in the club. You're in. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're <laughs> That's dynamite, man. Tell me about how you got into comedy. Uh, I mean, kind of the old story, you know, everyone bugging you to go and I eventually went, but, uh, to an open mic and was bitten by the bug. But I think for me, the most important thing is it's actually made me a, I've heard this story before, like sort of a normal person. Right. I know of an outlet for this stuff. I get paid to do it. I have a bunch of guys that I get along with on the same uh, career path that are out there doing the same thing. I don't have to be the life of the party. Sure. I don't have to steal the thunder right. in a social situation for my girlfriend. I don't have to be the funny guy all the time. Right. I get to do it for a job. 
Yeah, yeah. Do you find so, that, that, that that outlet allows you to to kind of be that person for a time? Exactly. And then you can unplug when you're done. Yeah, like I actually talked to my girlfriend seriously about what we're going to do tomorrow instead of be like joke around the whole fucking time. Right. She's right. got an amazing sense of humor too. Actually, she's the one that does that now, not me. So. Yeah? Let yeah. her kind of get Oh, get yeah. She doesn't way. say much, too much serious stuff. So <laughs> I'm the one now that has to be like, no, honey, let's actually like hammer this out and get this done. And then we'll go back to joking around. <laughs> Yeah, I'm one, of, one, I'm one of the lucky ones. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that whoa, far. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> what about kids, man? You got any kids? I do. I have a six-year-old son. Holy shit, uh, man. That's he's awesome. uh, super funny, too. He's already starting to show signs of his crazy sense of humor. No way. Uh, he loves to tell jokes. He loves watching uh, stand-up. He's uh, a funny kid. At such a cool age because I think yeah. uh, they, they start to uh, – that's like right around the cusp of where they start developing their own taste. Yeah. Where you know, even like music and like you know, it's it's kind of funny where they yeah. start to dictate a bit about like, uh, no, I'm not really into that. Yeah, you they're know? formed. They're yeah. they're actually formed. They have opinions. They've gathered enough information for sure to, to come up with their own ideas on stuff. It's pretty cool, man. Oh, How's that? Rad. Is that is that challenging for you to being on the road and, and having that career? Well, I'm in a really unique, uh, lucky situation. I'm not with the mother of my son, but mm-hmm. we are truly friends. We get along oh, that's uh, awesome. swimmingly. She lives three blocks away. No She's way. remarried. I've been with my girl for five years. That's awesome. So my son grows up in this rad environment where he has like four people that love him two rooms eight grandparents that's killer two dude. christmases no shit we do the birthdays together every year that's amazing uh, man. and i do stuff with mom all the time no and, way yeah he's a product of that right he's like a great kid you know what it, it, that's that's so refreshing to hear because uh 20 years ago man like when i was growing oh, up it, it would have been like different dude you go to war you mean for that whore you father yep. left me for and you know hey, parents bash each other and stuff about dad yeah yeah and I, we, we've progressed so much yeah. as as people that we kind of i think we're at that place where we're like you know what we got to be selfless for the best for the kid and everybody just gets along yeah and if you go down that road you will reap the fruits of that adult mentality like that's the way it should be like who cares if you don't get along just do it for the kid and eventually luckily like us we became friends again that's awesome all our past behind us and yeah we didn't even talk about that stuff anymore it's just about adam and having fun and making sure he has like a good life that's badass dude yeah man that's awesome. great, man. Awesome. That's great. How has your career in comedy been for you as far as uh, has it has your comedy, do you find, resonates just as much in, in places like Vancouver as it does across the country? Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised that uh, it resonated everywhere. I was lucky. I mean, I'm from Toronto, so I did uh, some shows there to get signed with Yucks and right. did really well when I was there. Did yeah. all the club showcase for everybody. And then uh, I think my first tour was out uh, here. Calgary and Edmonton, same right. thing. It was like, oh, everything seems to be working. That was well-received. And then, yeah. yeah, Halifax, too. Yeah. And uh, the East Coast. So. That's badass, man. Yeah, man. It's That's been fun. Great. It's been really fun. I mean, I've only been at it five and a half years, but I worked my tail off for the first three to get signed. I was doing, you know, yeah. three shows a night, a couple right. times a week, as many times as I can. I was producing my own shows only two years in. So no way. I was learning from these headliners and stuff. I was just doing guest spots on the show. I hired sure. out all the work, but just to be around those pro shows at a yeah. young age and picking all the headliners brains to, Oh, it gives you so much you entertainment to, value. It's man. Like, way, and it's, right? and it's education. It really yeah. is. Yeah. You know, it's like a degree in high school or a degree in college. It takes, you know, four or five years before you're, I think you're really ready to get out there and, you know, give them audience what they deserve. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I always tell, I always tell this uh, story because uh, it was kind of my foray into it, but, 
Cal Cal Post was out here. Oh and, yeah, and cool. we were hanging out. Cal's yeah. a great guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy. I did his room when I was in Toronto. Oh, awesome. did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, he took me on the road with him down to like Medicine Hat to do his show or oh, something yeah? like that. And, and there was we walk in the bar, and I tell this story all the time on the sure, podcast. The but CD underbelly of comedy. The vending machine <laughs> inside the bar had condoms, <laughs> cigarettes, a UFC DVD, and a birth control kit. And I was like, "This is the best fucking no. vending machine I've ever seen in my life." Now, can I get an address on that place? Where the <laughs> hell is that? It I want to know. It was like there was an Italian restaurant upstairs <laughs> in a seedy underbelly bar on the bottom. And I remember walking in and there was like five people. And the promoter was running around telling people they had to pay 10 bucks for the show. And they just fucking left. And then there's like uh, there was like three drunks or I don't know what it was. Three or four people left in the bar. And I just remember going to Cal and saying like, I don't think I want to do this. <laughs> I don't think this is the the right. Uh, not you know. alone. <laughs> a few do. And, and Cal was already a few a few beers in, and he yeah. just looked at me and he said, uh, "You know what, buddy? You need this baptism and failure to get to the next point in your career. You got to do yeah. a room that shit in order for you to to kind of progress." And it's true, man. It's like the old day adage: "It's like you're training with weights on." It's like if you sure. can do well in that place, you're surely to do very well at a club where they paid and they're quiet and they came to see comedy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've all got the horror stories. I've performed in strip clubs, in your citizen <laughs> homes. You name it, man. The crappiest gigs you can imagine. We've all done it. Can you think back to a gig that just that stands out? Oh, the strip club was definitely not, not a good one. <laughs> Uh, we were literally doing sets in between uh, the dancers. Acts. Yeah, no they would way. do dance, then they would bring out a comic, then they would do a dance, then they would bring out a comic. So no way. Pretty tough to compete with titties <laughs> and vagina. <laughs> Uh, it's a tough sell. I don't know if you've ever been to a strip club. These gentlemen aren't exactly the most jovial <laughs> folks. Uh, not that upbeat. I wouldn't say they're happy. Uh, so it was a tough sell. Tough sell. Wow, man. Yeah. That is crazy. And they came, they, at least they were not kind enough to wipe down the pole in between. Which was, I thought, thoughtful. That was very yeah, kind. very thoughtful. And when very I say kind. pole, I mean the mic stand. That's <laughs> what they were using. Do you have any places in Canada that you that you like performing more than other places? Uh, I mean, definitely in Toronto. I mean, just being it able seems to like like take uh, the old streetcar that I used to take to go skate to right. the club from my brother's house on Davenport is just a trip. It's like, That's crazy. I can't believe I'm going to go tell jokes in my old home city. Yeah. You know, downtown Queen Street, like the mecca of like Toronto. That's crazy, man. Yeah, man, it was awesome. Like, are you, are you still pretty tight with, with the family, like your, your brother? My bro, and stuff yeah. Like that? I talk yeah. to him like every other day. We're no still way. super tight. My parents live up north of the city now. They don't live in the city. I'm all my grandparents have passed. But oh, okay. uh, I talk yeah, to yeah. my brother all the time. He's no like way. a Torontonian through and through. So. Really? Oh, yeah. He stayed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many leave, but he stayed. He stayed. He stuck yeah, it man. out, huh? Yeah, he's a great guy. That's incredible, man. Yeah, that's badass, dude. What uh, ultimately? I mean, are you are you happy doing stand up, or, or do you want to get into other fields? Oh, uh, uh, one more. I mean, I still have a day job and stuff. I still am a carpenter part time of the year. I figured out the formula last year for me was to kind of do this um, for four months of the year full time, immerse yeah. myself in it. I'm not a headliner yet, so the more time I can spend just doing comedy, refining your the act, the quicker and I'll be a headliner. But yeah. I realize uh, I'm in no rush, man. I'll, I'll know everyone says you'll know when you're ready and 
I don't think I'm quite ready yet. But uh, what kind of uh, contracting do you do? Just like uh, uh, mostly like independent stuff that works yeah. for me. I don't really have a boss anymore. It's kind of hard getting time off to go do shows. Right, or, right. Um, I'm lucky, so I'll go do a, a gig, like maybe a month long job, and I'll take like a week off in between to find the next one or slap slap in some comedy. That's between. cool, man. You have that freedom a bit. Yeah, yeah and it's comedy's actually a really great job if you have kids because uh, during these months I get to take them to school, pick them up. And then make them dinner, put them to sleep, and then I go do shows. So That's great, man. It's like I get the best of both worlds, right? Yeah, I've, I've, I've got a daughter as well, and uh, I remember those times. And, and uh, it's funny because when you're – so many parents, they just you know like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm working, I'm doing this. And, yeah. you know, your life is always fucking hectic. But yeah. you have those moments where you can you can do those things. Oh, you yeah, You can pick man. them up and, and see And you're in no rush, and, right? You're yeah. Not like, uh, like, I mean, I still do that when I'm working my day job, but it's a little more stressful. i got to sure. be at work at a certain time, but – yeah. I mean, we get up like an hour and a half before school, make them breakfast, we'll watch some cartoons, maybe yeah. we'll go to Starbucks and sit down and chat, we'll have a coffee before I drop them off. That's cool, then, man. Yeah, you get to pick them up after the day, and then same thing. It's like, you're in no rush to do anything except <laughs> hang, which is rad. That, that is really rad, man. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's some currency to that, right? Like, Absolutely. Yeah, you're not making as much money, but you're getting to spend those times with your son in these formulas. Years, Absolutely, right? they're not going to love you or want to hang out with you as much forever. You know? Absolutely, they, up, they have their own lives and they kind of disconnect a bit. Yeah, because if you ask most people, you know, what are your thoughts of, of you know your parents or, or whatever, you know, at that age, yeah. a lot of people their only recollections really are just my parents working. Yeah, my parents was, worked a lot. You know, I didn't see a lot of them. Didn't see anything, right? And then, but you look back now, and I mean, your son's going to see that and be like, oh, I yeah. remember going for coffee with my dad and doing all that type of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. dude, and like skating to school. We That's a beautiful thing. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah That's great, man. Too. He loves it. Is is it difficult? Do you, do you find? Because uh, I mean, obviously, you know, comedy is is very well known. I, I know a lot of comedians that they need to have these kind of pre-show ritual where they're they're. You know, either they're deep in the bottle and they love drinking. They yeah, love that, yeah. that lifestyle of yeah, right. the route every night and yeah. stuff like that. You know, Pat and I were just talking about some of that life outside of comedy. Yeah. When you're on the road or, or you're you're out doing gigs and stuff like that, is, is it easy to get caught up in that? Well, I'm a, I'm a unique case. I actually quit all that stuff for other reasons before I really got into comedy. I was, mm-hmm. uh, had a really dark period in my life. Things weren't going well. It was right around the birth of my son. Right. Um, Financially, I was in trouble. Uh, I had an alcohol problem. I had a cocaine problem. Um, so literally, I had to quit all of that stuff and lose a whole bunch of stuff. I lost my house. Right. Um, I had to lose everything to realize what was important, that old story. So sure, sure. I quit drinking. I quit drugging. I thrust my head into getting my... Uh, self back to a normal uh productive human being healthy one sure. taking care of my son and throwing myself like just you know nose deep into comedy I right mean, the, my son and comedy were probably the only things that kept me on this planet without those two things i probably would have you know taken my life that's pretty amazing yeah man. it was a pretty dark time for me man i literally was like on the street with uh couple hundred bucks to my name and no my stuff in a storage unit and living in a van i ran away for seven days wow. i didn't talk to anybody i woke up with uh 200 missed calls and 300 text messages and the one that struck a chord with me was forever in your corner i was my gonna good ask you friend about craig that. uh sent me that text and it literally snapped me out of my funk and i was like you know what he was just like whatever you've done whatever problems you have i'm here for you buddy don't worry about it and now it's on my arm with my son's initials at that's amazing dude yeah 
So that is I, fucking pretty killer. I don't drink. I don't drug. I mean, I partake in a little hoochie mama every now and sure, again, but sure. that's about it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, was I've it, never was been it, happier, man. Was it was it the birth of your son that that was the catalyst for you to to make that change? You think? No. Uh, well, not the birth of my. Yeah, I mean, yes, the birth of my son, but uh, just the whole me not having anywhere to live, me realizing I had to be there for him. Right. Uh, you know, either that or I chump out and quit life, yeah. you know. Because a lot of people do that. Anything. A lot of people do end up taking sure. that other road. Into- or they just keep going down the rabbit hole of drugs and alcohol. They mm-hmm. numb the pain and they literally forget about their son and they just take off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That happens a lot. Man. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad. Like, it sounds like a, a true success story for you, man. Oh, that's, yeah, man. It's on my camp. Believe the difference. I mean, I had uh, a house. I had a Land Rover. I had a dog. I had a girlfriend. I had thousands in the bank. I was miserable. Yeah. And now I have a two-bedroom condo that I rent with a lovely girl and a son and comedy, and I've never been happier, man. Simplified life. A bit. Totally simplified life. Totally. That's what it's all about. It man. is, man. You know, it's, a lot of people don't ever realize that. but uh, That's killer. Yeah, man. That's what life's about. Who do you look up to in the comedy game? Are there people that you look up to? <clears throat> like pros or Canada guys? or Anybody. Uh, Anybody I mean, Bill up? Burr is hands down my favorite. His point of view, his voice, his no uh, pulls, no punches yeah. attitude. Just like kind of kind of a little bit like me. Dennis Miller's another one sure. that just kind of like highlights the ridiculousness of life, but yeah. in a really funny, Have you? Are you still? Are, are you? still a fan because he's very political now uh yeah that's he kind of lost me the last he, couple of years he, he went a little he's a little yeah. crazy right wing now it seems i mean i like politics too but i also like watching a comic that can touch on a bunch of topics not sure. just go up there and just hammer Rant. one thing you know yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, i like to hear you know the full gamut of someone's life not just one aspect that right they wanna, right you know, make fun of so yeah, yeah i mean he's still a who am i he's an incredible oh absolutely no absolutely it, yeah. i'd rather listen to him talk about other stuff than politics then, then the yeah then, then yeah, yeah rant on the same day. and i mean let's face it i mean making fun of american politics how hard is that yeah it's <laughs> a lot of material there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there's of material a ton of fucking material yeah, there man dude. it's it's crazy because like as an american now living in canada i think it takes someone having to it's it's kind of similar in sports right it's like yeah. it's like the reason why there's coaches Sometimes they can see things that, that when you can't see because you're in the game. Yeah, for sure. And when you take that leap outside of the United States and you turn back and you look and you're just like, holy fuck, man, we do have some serious oh, issues yeah. down there. Yeah, you, and you talk to any American that leaves for and they say the exact same it's thing. It's crazy. You know? But when you're in the game, you think like, this is This is normal. This thing. is all you've known. You don't Absolutely. see any difference. Then you come yeah. to another country and you're like, oh, this is how it should be. Not to say Canadian politics is... But no, but there's but no great <laughs> thing either. But it's but politics, there's a but. there's a there, there's a difference in subtlety the way that politics in Canada is presented to oh, people. For sure, for are, sure. Are, are, you, think, are you pretty political in Canada? Uh, this last election was probably the first time I actually, well, to be honest, I ever voted. Yeah, and actually gave a crap and actually kind of like listened to what these candidates had to say. Yeah. And uh, for me, uh, the one thing I heard over and over again was, uh, oh, Trudeau doesn't have experience. Oh, he's too young. And I thought, and this is why I voted for him, yeah, he doesn't have experience being an old man that gets the write-offs and who has the line pockets and is part of a corrupt system and has only known to, you know, fight for the corporations. I think he's the opposite. He's the young kid. He's grown up in politics. Right. I mean, he lived at Sussex Drive for crying out yeah, loud. Like, yeah, yeah. How can you say he doesn't have experience? He's the exactly. son of the best prime minister this country's ever seen. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And it looks like hopefully he'll follow in his father's footsteps and I, actually change. I believe, man, if 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 I could have voted here, I definitely would have voted for Trudeau. Oh, hands I think down. Uh, I think he's just absolutely like refreshing for the country. He seems like he actually gives a shit. He does. They all do seem like that in the beginning, but deep down behind, looking in his eyes, he honestly seems like he cares about he does. the little man absolutely. in the country. It's not the just a photo op. No, man. Yeah. yeah, I honestly believe that. That's the first time I could honestly say I've said that about a politician. Yeah. For yeah, real. yeah, I kind of I got that vibe off of Obama when he first came, and then he was fighting an uphill battle. Though I mean, that poor guy was. was handed a ball of yarn that <laughs> was knotted up and was like, "Here, untie this." <laughs> like, give me a break. And no matter what you do, it's just not going to fucking. It's not going to make anybody. You can't happy. undo a wild, a crazy. What I don't know. Let's go back to Reagan. Let's say Bush, sure Reagan, maybe Clinton in there, kind of help things. But right, a good 30, 40 years of crazy policy and throwing people in jail for marijuana fighting anybody that said boo about america absolutely i mean he only had eight years like i did pretty good for that amount of time (laughs) and let's face it i mean we all hear like oh we didn't penalize the bankers what you mean the people that run the world wow we didn't go up against them that's never gonna happen people it's so crazy sorry yeah let's take a real pill here yeah no one's gonna take down the banks. Absolutely. No, <laughs> nobody will. And even at the at the end of it, I mean, even uphold any type of oversight or, or regulation. Or, no, they're the just, banks. They have all, they the, they have the, all the strings, man. Absolutely. Yeah, let's Absolutely, be honest man. here. I love talking politics in Canada. One, because it's so refreshing to, to actually... To, to not have that many fucking problems to complain about. Well, it's true, really. I mean, really we've got do. healthcare. We've got great transportation. You can get around the country fairly well. Yeah. Everybody's more or less taken care of. Uh, yeah, it's a great country to live in. Man. Yeah. As far as uh, as uh, living out on, on the West Coast, we talked about some of that vibe out there, man. A little bit more laid back. It seems a little bit more of a softer pace. Yeah. But Vancouver, I've heard, is it can be very, uh, very expensive, very, uh, very difficult to live out there. It's and make a, a spendy city. Like I said, I live about 45 minutes outside in Squamish. Which seems even, to be the trick for a lot of people. For sure. But I mean, even still, that place is starting to escalate in value. The word's out. They got that gondola there, the, the ocean development. I mean, people are definitely, that place is on the map it's in yeah. between whistler so it's like that whole quarter the sea to sky quarter is just a beautiful beautiful part of this country wow that's yeah. crazy do you get out and do like snow uh, oh yeah i ski i snowboard i mountain bike i rock climb i paddleboard no way. Uh, i'm mostly golf now though that's one of my favorite sports golfing is a pretty interesting gig and man. skateboarding of course is like my number one i'm also a collector too i collect all the old vintage boards i do track really? them down online uh, yeah, it's like my new uh, passion. Oh man! In the I last wish I six months, that. it's consumed me. Well, ironically enough, if you had, you would be a rich man because these boards. A lot of those decks are worth. Oh, upwards of uh, in mint condition, three thousand, two thousand, fifteen hundred. Uh, really? Yeah, it's crazy. And there's like a whole subculture community that exists no online way. that trades and sells with one another. And uh, I it's remember, pretty cool. It's just like comedy, actually. Yeah, yeah. Or not. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, growing up, uh, for me, the, the big board that I, I used to just... Uh, I, I what was your favorite deck? This is going to sound completely fucking horrible. No, probably no. Christian Hassoy's oh, deck. Remember dude, that's that? not horrible at all. That guy is a legend. That Have you ever seen his documentary, mind. Rising Sun? No. Oh, check I gotta it out. i got to see that. Rising well, Sun, really? Well, he was talking about my story. He has a very similar story. No shit. He was actually the highest paid skateboarder above Tony Hawk in the day. He was, no way. He started his own company, Hassoy. 
I remember he skated that. for Alba for a little bit. He's yeah. the first one to put a shape on a board. Up until then, they I were remember. all pig just, shaped. Just crazy hammerhead con- yeah. contraption. And that was like all function. Cool. That was for his grab. He his used grip. to do his yeah. grab. He liked to grab the nose. Yeah, the tail yeah. was for tail slaps on the coping. It all had a, a purpose. Christ air. Oh, that was oh. amazing, dude. That was dying. I'll I send you talking. the link. Dude, I, I love talking skate like skating because <laughs> I haven't met anybody else so far that has been able to appreciate some Oh, look out, dude. We're going to change numbers. We're going to be chatting. Oh, yeah, man. Skate buddy. Uh, Mark Gator Rogowski, who <laughs> oh, crazy fucking life. Who there's another like crazy story. Murdering his girlfriend. Still or in jail to still this day, prison. man. Yep, not out at all. He's still there. That's crazy. Yeah. I remember in, in Frisco when they were filming uh, The Search for Animal Chin. Oh, dude. Which was just such a great... There's an iconic skate uh, film the Bones, of all time. The Bones Brigade. <laughs> and my brother played uh, played in a punk rock uh, band in Canada for yeah. years and years and years. A band called uh, Chicks Dig It. Oh, no way. Yeah, and they toured all over Canada. But one of, the, one of the cool things is that they went down to the States, and I was living in California at the time, and I went to go open... Uh, I went to go see them play, and they got to play with The Faction, which was Steve Caballero's band. I think it was the faction. Oh yeah, faction? that is yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah Caballero. Yeah. He still plays to this day. And I remember meeting him at the show, and just like he still, you know, he's got the kind of the crink neck or the yeah, the, he's got the short neck, the short neck and, shoulders up. But like, I just looked at him and I was like, dude, one, you still look like you're fucking eleven years old skating. Like he never aged ever. He celebrated his fiftieth birthday this year, and he is Holy still shit. skating for Pal and Peralta, the no only way. rider to still skate thirty year for thirty the same company thirty five years. He's been skating for Powell and Peralta. Wow. Yeah, man. Which was uh, George Powell and Stacey Peralta. Yeah, right? that's correct. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. dude. Unbelievable. And he's a huge figurehead in skating. His son is. He's there. He's like uh, no outside in deck still. Still does demos. He's, a, he's an active skater at 50. That's incredible, man. Yeah, dude. This podcast made me happy. I was able to connect. With <laughs> dude, me too, man. I love brother. talking skating and comedy. My two favorite things. <laughs> and my family. All three, actually. Oh, man. Patrick that's dynamite, goodness. dude. Yeah. It's, it's a great, great interview. How can people find you, man? Where, where can people uh, look? You can find me on uh, Instagram, Kdar Comic, uh, Kelly Dar on Facebook. I haven't quite cobbled together a website, but that's in the works here. And uh, a little awesome. bit of branding and uh, whatnot. And uh, I'm just out there working. Uh, hopefully I'll be a headliner sooner than later. I'm looking forward to it, brother. Hey, thanks for doing this, man. Thanks so much for having me, man. Appreciate it, brother. Ciao. All right, folks, and there you have it. The Kelly Dyer interview. Didn't I tell you he was an awesome guy? Awesome, awesome cat. Hey, thanks, Kelly, for coming on the show. That was an awesome interview, man. I really, really appreciate it, and I hope to see you again soon, my friend. Hey, on behalf of myself, your host, Jake Hirsch, and the whole crew at Yuck Yucks, Mr. Mark Breslin, of course, our executive producer, Kira Williams, and our webmaster, Camille Sorovi, and of course, I always want to give a shout-out to my boy, who does the killer acoustic intros on this podcast, does all the music for us, Mr. Lane Argue. Go check him out. Very gifted and talented musician. Hey, guys, stick around. Thanks for listening to the show, and we will see you next week.